It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on tonight's show. Tonight's show is presented by Twin Peaks, as it is each and every week. You can find Twin Peaks in between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill. It's on North Shore Drive, and Twin Peaks is a great place to stop in if you're looking for lunch during the day, if you're looking for a place to watch the game this evening. We have Game 1 of the World Series. They have TVs all over the place. They have a great menu for you as well. The scenic views there at Twin Peaks. You can stop in, enjoy the game, have a great meal, have a beverage. They always have the draft beer temperature up there on the wall so you know how cold that beverage is going to be. That's at Twin Peaks on North Shore Drive between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill Drive. It's Twin Peaks making football futures happen each and every Tuesday. And on tonight's show, we're going to talk player development. Recruiting matters and bringing in top talent is a must if you're going to try to win championships in the SEC. But you also have to develop talent. How has Jeremy Pruitt done early on in his tenure? It's year three, but now we can look at a couple of classes. I'm not going to spend much time on the 2020 class. I don't think that would be fair. That class is four games in to this season and this season has been different of course but I'm going to look at the 2018 and 2019 classes and try to figure out okay the the highest rated players how are they performing compared to how they were rated coming out of high school I'll do that here in segment number one you're going to hear from Brock Hewitt as well the former college and NFL quarterback spoke to the Knoxville quarterback club and he said something that was really interesting had some really good information comparing Tennessee to other programs so you'll hear that coming up in a moment I'm going to get to the latest with Tennessee landing a commitment last week Tennessee missed on Amarius Mims the five-star offensive lineman he chose Georgia last week so where Tennessee stands in the recruiting rankings I'll get to all of that right here on Football Futures it's here every Tuesday from 7 until 7 730 on 991-The Sports Animal. And I want you to hear from Brock Hewitt here to open up the segment. But the conversation is going to be player development, and that's a huge part of it, right? You're bringing in talent, and you have to, but you need to consistently develop the talent. That way you have classes stacked on top of each other, and then you have competition that builds as you create a depth chart that You have the first team, you have the second team where you have a bunch of players you believe you can count on, then you have young players that come in that have the talent to play right away, but they have to compete for playing time to try to get on the field. If you look at what Alabama does, that's the standard, right? Year in, year out, they have big-time classes, the the highest level of talent you're going to find, but then they have competition every year, and I think Georgia has built that. I think Clemson has built that. Ohio State has built that. LSU, for the most part, I know this season is has not been off to a great start, but that's what LSU has done with its talent and it's the the next class's turn. Tennessee is trying to get that as you see guys develop, succeed in college, and then go on to the NFL. But it's been a while since Tennessee has been there. Listen to what Brock Heward had to say. He's, the, again, a former college and NFL quarterback, now a football analyst working with Fox. And he spoke to the Knoxville Quarterback Club, and he talked about what Tennessee needs to do to get back to the highest level in the SEC. Brock talked about how highly he thinks of Tennessee's football program and everything that goes on in Knoxville. But what's been missing? Here is the number one priority that Brock laid out that Tennessee needs to do while comparing the Vols to other programs that you might think of having less talent than Tennessee. Listen to what Brock said about developing more talent in Knoxville. The last six years, this is the last six years, and this is data and this is facts. Tennessee, in the, over the last six years, has had 11 players drafted in the NFL. 11 balls have been drafted in the last six years. Only one in the first round, only one in the second round. 
And I give that first and second round because those are what the NFL deems as starting caliber guys. This is not what Scout or 247 Sports or anybody else evaluates these guys coming in. It's what the NFL says, yeah, let me take this guy because he's going to make our team better and he's going to help my job security at the NFL level. Tennessee in six drafts has had 11 draft picks. I'll compare that with Utah. University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham. Uh, I think Jeremy Pruitt is a hard-edged, tough, physical guy. When I think Jeremy Pruitt, I think a lot of Kyle Whittingham. University of Utah in those same six years. Remember, Tennessee is 11. Utah has had 26 draft picks. Only one first-rounder, but six second-rounders. They've had 26 players, more than double Tennessee. TCU. Another guy that I would compare Jeremy Pruitt to and Gary Patterson, defensive-minded guy, got a little bit of a red arse to him, could get a little bit fiery, is going to build his program defensively. Uh, Over those last six drafts, how about 19 draft picks, four first-rounders, and a couple second-rounders. University of Washington, where I played way back when, and Chris Peterson, who I think is the model of development and developing players, Chris Peterson, like Utah, has had 26 draft picks. And these are not four- and five-star guys when they came in. Jake Browning was a three-star. Miles Gaskin was a three-star. Guys that you may not know by name, but helped them get to a national semifinal. 26 draft picks. Six first-rounders. Tennessee has had one. Eight second-rounders. Tennessee has had one. So as as I sit there, and if I could break bread with you guys today at those tables, I would say you have to, and Jeremy has to develop. It's not just, and I know it was a beautiful recruiting class on paper last year. It was awesome, especially up front to see so many of the highly touted guys and, and even getting transfers to come into the program, very highly thought of. That is awesome. But it's about what you do in the development phase and what you spit out at the end is ultimately going to get you to the SEC championship games and ultimately to the playoff games. Kentucky, by the way, if you're curious, Kentucky is exactly the same as Tennessee, 11. In those six years, 11, though they've had double the first rounders and double the second rounders. So there's just a a glimpse when I think of Tennessee football, and if I'm gonna spend an hour on my national radio show today talking about Tennessee, I'm gonna say that's gonna be a big part of it. You have to develop. That's some really interesting information from Brock Heward and probably frustrating to hear if you're a Tennessee fan, com- hearing Tennessee compared to, to Washington or Utah, schools where you're generally going to think Tennessee is going to have more talent than those schools, especially Utah, right? But look at what Kyle Whittingham has done developing guys that were not as highly rated coming out of high school as what Tennessee has had, for sure. And w- when you're hearing that amount of time, that's extended time. That goes past where Jeremy Pruitt had Tennessee. And I think with players that were left behind from the previous regime, he did a good job. He and his staff, Jeremy Pruitt and his staff, did a good job of helping players get to the next level. Nigel Warrior, to me, would be the best example. He was a talented player who was not off to the best start in his career. I don't even think he had the best start to his senior year, but by the end of the year, he was an all-SEC player. And the way that he was able to develop, Daniel Batuli, Daryl Taylor, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Calloway, they did a nice job. Now, those were also pretty nice players that Tennessee inherited. What about the guys that have come in the last few years? If you think about the highest-rated players for Tennessee in the 2018 and 2019 classes. Again, I'm not really going to look at 2020 because they just arrived on campus a few months ago. They're not even halfway through their freshman season. 
But what about the highest rated players from the 2018 and 2019 classes? I looked at the 247 Sports composite ranking. I looked at the very highest rated players. So the guys that came in that were supposed to be able to make a quick impact based on their rating and where they are now, now that they're two plus seasons in, in some cases. A second year for guys like uh, Henry Toto, that class in 2019. The 2018 class had J.J. Peterson. He was a highly rated linebacker, about a four and a half star rating when you looked at the composite, and it just has not worked out. He has not developed, and there are a number of reasons why, but right now I don't even believe he's with the team. You also had Alante Taylor, who was just below a 95 rating, so borderline four and a half star rating. He's developed into a pretty solid player. Elite player? No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, but as a junior, I think he's a nice player for Tennessee. He works hard. He's a really good leader for Tennessee. Has he developed to where Tennessee expected? I would say probably not. The guy in that class that has probably outperformed what his rating was is Bryce Thompson. He's Tennessee's top defense back, top corner probably. I would say that he has outperformed his rating. He was a, a fringe four-star guy uh, when you look at the composite. Then you have the 2019 class. So the 2019 class is when Tennessee took a jump. That's the first full-year uh, recruiting cycle for Jeremy Pruitt. The highest-rated players in that class, Ramel Keaton, Quavaris Crouch, Henry Tooto, Wanya Morris, and Darnell Wright. That was your kind of big five in that class. Eric Gray was also a talented four-star player in that class. Tennessee stole away from Michigan. Of those players, I would say one, to this point, has lived up to the billing. That's Henry Tooto, and he looks like a terrific player. You don't have a developmental issue there. But what about with the other names that I mentioned? Ramel Keaton, Quavaris Crouch. Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, they're still just sophomores. I want to be clear here. I'm not writing them off. But how would you look at the way that they have developed over a season and a half to where now as a sophomore, with that kind of rating coming out of high school, they are expected to kind of make a big jump and help lead the way? I would say they have not done that. I also thought about this. Compare year two for those guys to year two for the 2014 class that Butch Jones signed. It was so highly rated. It was the number seven class, I think, according to the composite. If you look at Henry Tooto compared to Derek Barnett, he was the top player as it panned out from that class. I would say Henry and Barnett's kind of a, a push. Barnett, I would maybe give a slight edge to, but at the end of the season, he was second team All-SEC. I think Henry could be there as well. Comparing in that class, Ramel Keaton to Josh Malone, year two, Josh Malone has the edge. Tennessee had a couple of offensive linemen from the 14 class who were on the field in 15 as sophomores. Jayshon Robertson and Coleman Thomas, I don't know, it's kind of a push. Maybe one player in this year's class, maybe one player in that year's class gets the edge. The difference would be Wanye and Darnell Wright were much more highly rated than Jay Sean, who was thought of as a defensive line prospect, in fact, and Coleman Thomas. So the fact that it's probably a push is an indictment on the 2019 class, Jeremy Pruitt's guys. If you look at running back Jalen Hurd versus Eric Gray as sophomore running backs, it's really not close. Jalen Hurd all the way. He was a second-team All-SEC player. Uh, he went into his junior season with a chance to become the all-time leading rusher. We know how that panned out. Year two for Ethan Wolf. He was a productive starting tight end as a sophomore. Sean Brown can't get on the field. Quavaris Crouch versus Cortez McDowell or Dylan Bates, you would give the advantage to Quavaris Crouch in that class. Todd Kelly versus Jalen McCullough. I think it's kind of a push. Emmanuel Mosley versus Warren Burrell. Probably go Mosley. He was on the field. I can't really find many advantages in the 2019 class to the 2014 class. Why is that? I don't think it's a talent advantage for the 14 class when we look at those most highly ranked players. So does some of it come back to development? I want to be clear here. This is not to say that Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff cannot develop talent. I would say the opposite. I would say that they can. But the results to this point are probably a little behind what you expected from Tennessee staff. 
could part of that be because you've had coaching changes? You've had a lot of shakeup. We just saw another coach move on. Jimmy Brumbaugh was fired over the weekend. That was another point from Brock Heward. So one more thought from him before we end this segment here on Football Futures. Brock Heward talked about the importance of continuity on the staff because there has not been any since Jeremy Pruitt became Tennessee's head coach. How important is that? Listen to what Brock Heward said here. How will you know Tennessee is there? How will you know that you're legitimately competing for titles and championships? You're going to have some coaches that want to be there, and I think a level of coaching stability. Uh, I was reading this morning that Will Friend, the only O-line, the, uh, is the only coach, the O-line coach, Will Friend, is the only coach on that staff from 2018 that's in the same spot. Obviously, Jeremy is, but he is the only one coaching the same position group in a couple years. That has to stabilize. And I like this staff. I like Chris Wanky. I like T. Martin. Right? I, I like Jim Chaney. I'm a fan of him. He's eccentric and he's different, but I like him. He is a smart man and he knows his football. But that staff has to stabilize. You can't have turnover. And I know yesterday a, a coach was fired. The defensive line coach was fired, Brumbaugh. And Tracy Rocker left this offseason. You know, and those things, just in my opinion, looking at the big picture of college football, if you want to take that step of consistency, that staff turnover has got to, it's got to slow down. That's difficult to argue. That's Brock Heward. And by the way, all of his comments can be found on our website and in the podcast section of the WNML app. Check out Vols interviews and more if you want to listen to all that Brock Heward had to say about Tennessee football talking to the Knoxville Quarterback Club. So strong comments and important ones, I thought, looking at where Tennessee's program is, what is important in college football. And when you talk about staff continuity, it's easy to bring up Nick Saban. Well, he has coaching changes all the time. One, he's Nick Saban. Two, that program has such a high level of talent that you can afford the changes. Also, he's Nick Saban. Coaches come in. They better do what he expects because he's proven that it works at that school, at Alabama. That is not the case at Tennessee. That's not the case with Jeremy Pruitt and the Vols program. That wasn't the case with Butch Jones and Tennessee's program. That hasn't been the case in a while. The last time that you could make that case, Philip Fulmer was the head coach. And what did he often have? Staff stability continuity within the program you lose that you lose maybe some of the development that you're looking for within the program Tennessee had a strength and conditioning change I'm not saying that's hurt Tennessee it probably didn't help and that's something that Butch Jones dealt with Derek Dooley and Lane Kiffin even in his one year at Tennessee staff continuity I do believe that it matters so looking at talent and bringing that in you hear me say it all the time you got to beat out Georgia and Alabama and Florida and Clemson for all these players that's still true you do have to develop them and I think Tennessee needs to do a better job of that the rest of the season and moving forward. I'll move forward here on football futures. What about the freshman focus? Could some of these guys in the 2020 class get on the field maybe sooner than we expected here over the next few weeks? That'll probably be a focus of this coaching staff. I'll tell you about Tennessee's newest commitment in the 2021 class as well. Coming up next right here on football futures presented by Twin Peaks on FM 99.1, the sports animal. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. Thank you for being here tonight. You can always go back and listen to the show on demand in the WNML apps podcast section. Sam Foreman produces the show each week. Does a great job of getting that show up for you after the fact. You can go back and listen to 
previous episodes. I've had Adam Friedman from Rivals.com. He was on last week talking about a number of players who have committed to Tennessee as well as Taiwan Malone, a defensive line prospect. Tennessee is going after Tyrion Ingram Dawkins as well. And Tennessee is going after defensive linemen in this class with now a defensive line coach having been fired. How does that affect things? We'll get to that coming up here in a moment. Uh, But go back and check out other episodes talking about what the staff has done and still what they need to do moving forward. That's available in the WNML app, also on Apple Podcasts. Football Futures is presented by Twin Peaks each and every week. And last week, Tennessee did pick up a commitment from Christian Charles. He is a 6'1", 185-pound athlete from Gainesville, Georgia. He is planning to enroll early, I believe, this spring. He is not rated by the 247 Sports Composite. Rivals does have Charles as a three-star prospect, so a guy that could come in and potentially help Tennessee in the defensive backfield. He committed to Tennessee over a number of schools that had shown interest. Oklahoma would probably be the highest-profile school that was in the mix for Charles. And Tennessee has recruited Gainesville, Georgia in the past, and I'm sure will continue to. You remember A.J. Johnson, he's from Gainesville. So Tennessee now has, in the 2021 class, 26 commitments. The class is not done. There are guys who are committed that will probably not end up signing with Tennessee. There are some guys out there that Tennessee is continuing to recruit. As I mentioned, Taiwan Malone, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Nylon Green is a highly tatted corner in the class that Tennessee would love to land. And players within the class, some will look around. Tennessee might nudge a player or two to consider another school, depending on how things end up. And Tennessee is going to have to continue to recruit It's players that are committed. Tennessee's going to have to continue to recruit Terrence Lewis and Dylan Brooks, running back Cody Brown. Those guys are going to hear from other schools, and they're going to say to these players, hey, look at what's going on with Tennessee. They're in trouble right now. I promise some of those prospects have heard that. That's why Tennessee does need to get things back in a better direction because one of the talking points, which we had a year ago, doesn't it feel like it's almost a a deja vu? It's a, a repetitive conversation from Four games into last season, really, at the end of September, the timeline's a little off because of 2020. But last year we were talking about, okay, Tennessee has to get things turned around, and Tennessee was hoping to show that it can be competitive with the big boys in the SEC. And now we're talking about just trying to get some things fixed internally. And Tennessee does have a big boy coming in, Alabama, this upcoming week. It's probably going to be tough for Tennessee if we're going to be realistic here. But things can change. We saw that last year, and they need to this year because you still have games against Texas A&M and Auburn and Florida later in the season, and Arkansas all of a sudden looks like it's going to be a tougher team than maybe we thought at the beginning of the year. So prospects are going to hear from schools that are going to say, hey, why don't you at least look around in case things get worse there at Tennessee? Tennessee's coaching staff is going to tell the players, hey, look, Things are going to get turned around, and of course you need to go show that that's actually the case. And they're also going to tell the players, the prospects, well, we need your help. You come in and you'll help us get to another level, and you hope that the the class continuity that they've been able to develop, the chemistry there, that that might help. But also it comes back to development within the team and how they get things turned around. That's something that Jeremy Pruitt talked about after the game against Kentucky on Saturday was habits improving and what they need to do from a work ethic standpoint, to get things fixed this season. So this is a short-term conversation to ultimately help recruiting, but this is what Jeremy Pruitt said about that. Lots of areas that we need to improve, obviously, Uh, but it's more about creating the right habits. Um, And it's how you practice every single day. Um, It's, it's, um, you know, the the work ethic, the the creating the right habits, um, and – It's on everybody within our organization uh, to really improve that, you know. So um, we've got to work hard to do that. 
That was Jeremy Pruitt from the other day after Tennessee's loss to Kentucky. And Tennessee needs to get some of those things figured out very soon, of course. Uh, with Tennessee landing Christian Charles and Tennessee missing out on Amarius Mims, that helped Georgia when it comes to the team rankings. Here's an update for you. With the recruiting rankings for the 2021 class, Alabama com- currently ranks number one in the country ahead of Ohio State. Then you have Oregon at number three, Clemson at number four, LSU is fifth. Georgia jumped Tennessee in the composite ranking. So Georgia is now at number eight with 16 commitments. Tennessee is number nine with 26 commitments. That is one spot ahead of Florida. Florida has the 10th ranked class in the country with 24 commitments. If you look at the average player rating, Tennessee has an 89.85 rating. So that's just below an average four-star rating. Florida's at 89.97. So it's .02 ahead of Tennessee with the average rating. That says to me, Tennessee and Florida are recruiting at very comparable levels. If you look at last year in the 2020 class for Tennessee, the Vols finished ranked number 10 in the country. Florida ranked number nine in the country. The average player rating for Florida, 90.74. The average rating for Tennessee, 89.91. So almost the same, almost identical. Florida with a slight advantage there. So it comes back to how do you develop players? You you need luck as well, injuries, all that stuff. But how do you develop players? That's going to be the ultimate difference. There is a clear gap in Tennessee and Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama with the way that they're recruiting. Georgia and Alabama had the top two ranked classes Last year, according to the composite, it would not be surprising if that's how it finishes up this year as well. So Tennessee obviously has a lot of work to do to catch those schools. But when you think about Florida and Auburn, I think Tennessee is recruiting at a very comparable level to those schools. How about the freshman focus? I mentioned there's no need to judge the 2020 class. I think it's way too early for that. But we can catch up on what's going on there. And this week, there is a lot of talk about the quarterback position in the 2020 class with Jared Garantano struggling again this past week. And Harrison Bailey did make his debut for Tennessee in the fourth quarter against Kentucky. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said, talking about Harrison Bailey getting in the game this past Saturday and also getting some more practice opportunities as he's not rep very much with the guys that are out there playing on Saturdays, but he has received scrimmage work the last couple of weeks. Is that something that could help him get more of an opportunity. So today's freshman focus focuses on Harrison Bailey. Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said about him when he met with the media on Monday. Well, we when we put him in, he hadn't taken any reps for the Kentucky game plan, so we just called plays that he that we knew that he would know. Um, so, again, I, I, I can't reiterate enough about when it comes to Harrison about the lack of opportunity that he got during fall camp. You know, he's getting more and more reps. You know, when you get ready to play a game, you you really, you know, you work one quarterback, uh, you have a backup, and then the third team guy kind of, if he can get a rep or two in there, you do it. But with Harrison, we're going to continue to to work him and try to develop him. Same thing with Brian, JT, all of them, really. But there's only one ball. Uh, it's not camp. We're not in camp now. We're in in the season, so we've got to prepare for our opponents. Uh, which is why we're having these extra things, you know, like on Sunday night. And probably uh, if we can stay healthy, we'll continue to do some of this maybe on, on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays practices as well. So the theme of the day, can Tennessee continue to develop players, especially this freshman class, which is a little bit behind those Sunday practices, the scrimmage work, that's something that could help. Harrison Bailey and some of his teammates, Morvin Joseph, Key Lawrence. We've heard a lot about his ability. He was a very highly ranked player in the class. The three highest rated players, when you look at the composite, 
Key Lawrence, Amari Thomas, and Harrison Bailey. And I know a lot of Tennessee fans want to see Bailey right now. We'll see how it plays out this week. We'll see how it plays out this season. And with the big news of the week that Jeremy Pruitt decided to move on from first-year defensive line coach Jimmy Brumbaugh, he was brought in to help with recruiting. I don't think that happened at the level that Jeremy was hoping, so he makes the move. So where does that leave Tennessee with some defensive line prospects? Well, Isaac Washington is a guy who committed to Tennessee opened things back up, then recommitted after Brumbaugh was hired. He tweeted out on Monday, I said it, I'll say it again, I ain't going nowhere, this is a lifestyle, we're going to change Vol football, the whole culture, I'm a Vol for life on this side, not going to switch it up. So Isaac Washington reiterated his commitment to Tennessee. We'll see what it means for Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, for Taiwan Malone. Realistically, I don't think it helps Tennessee. Now Tennessee has to go replace Brumbaugh and Hiring somebody who can recruit is going to be important, but also develop. I I think last year, Tracy Rocker did a great job with the defensive line, and he was allowed to leave, and I think that was costly for Tennessee's program, honestly. So I would make sure to go find a coach that can get back to the first segment, what Brock Heward said, develop players and want to stick around at Tennessee. Change is going to happen, by the way. Coaches are going to move on. That's just the business. But defensive line recruiting is going to continue to be a focus for Tennessee throughout this 2021 class and Malone and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins would be two players to pay attention to they do have Washington's commitment Katron Evans is a very talented defensive line prospect who is committed from the Baltimore area but Tennessee needs more of those guys up front and Tennessee is going to continue to pursue them so I appreciate you being here tonight on football futures a lot of the focus has been on what they do once they get on campus because we can talk about rankings and I bring up, hey, you got to beat out those big schools for players all the time. You probably get annoyed with me saying it, but we need to remember the conversation of what happens once they get on campus and the results to this point show that they need more development from some of those guys who are on there who are contributing, who are playing, but still have a long way to go to get where Tennessee football hopes to be. I appreciate you being here tonight on Football Futures presented by Twin Peaks. I will be back next Tuesday from 7 until 7.30. Thanks for hanging out here on 99.1, the sports animal.